Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The Walking Dead, Daryl Dixon. Season 1, Episode 4, La Dame de Fer is over. But we, of course, are just getting started here on Post Show Recaps. My name is Jessica Lees, and we have so much to talk about. We we are going to be screaming all night like a dying pig bleeding out in Daryl Dixon's fake friend's fake backyard because it is another exciting episode of Daryl Dixon, and I can't wait to take the temperature in the room. Uh, AJ Mass, what say you? I say to free my pigeons. Let my pigeons go. <laughs> okay, I, I, I gotta go on a tangent. So my favorite television show that takes place in Paris, other than this one, of course, is um, Miraculous Tales of Ladybug and Cat Noir. Yes. Which is... <laughs> My my son turned me on to this. He found it on Disney one day, and we have binged the entire series. And he very much wants to go to Paris as a result. Like he's like Laurent in this. Um, and one of the villains in Miraculous is a man who feeds pigeons in the park, and then occasionally he gets possessed by an evil spirit and becomes Mister Pigeon, and then he commands the pigeons like kind of like the birds, and. I was very, I was very hyped to see Pigeon Man show up in Daryl Dixon because I was like, this is definitely, I, I, I know it's not a shout out to Miraculous, but it's not not a shout out to Miraculous. So that was exciting to me. So Chappelle, we're going to let you out of the cage. You're our favorite pigeon. Hi, it's me. Hi. <laughs> my, my Pigeon Man is from Hey Arnold. Um, and he actually, uh, he too controlled the pigeons and he actually used them for flight as well. And so I was hoping we could get that from our pigeon man here, but RIP the homie, he does not make it, uh, but the pigeons do escape. I am still stuck on AJ saying, let my pigeons go. Um, <laughs> I was not prepared for this, um, mm-hmm. but yes, I'm very happy to be back. I'm sad. I'm sad. I didn't get to talk to you all next, last week. You missed the zombie orchestra, Chappelle. What the hell? I screamed too. I was like, wait, Wait, this is the week that I miss is the one where like I look up and no, no, the arts have survived the zombie apocalypse and now it's it's an orchestra. Oh, this is good. This is good stuff. Um, We still have nightclubs here in Paris. I I don't know. You know, America be ghetto sometimes. I get that. But in the zombie apocalypse, give me France. I'm I'm saying like they look like they're having a good time over there. 
a much better time. Like you see Daryl Dixon like walking through town, like somebody's playing the Bach cello suites in a window. Like they yeah. still got cafes, they got a bar. They got Coke. Who knew? Yeah. It's not for me, but they got it. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm sure you could probably find it in the US. Um yeah, I'm sure. Well, they got normal weed though, like you know, like like normal drugs. Like I don't want like any hard drugs, anything like Coke or anything like that. But I mean, if like point me in the direction of the cannabis. I I mean, I mean at this point. It's legal. Everything would be. Nothing is illegal in the zombie apocalypse. <laughs> That's uh, true. You can stab a dude a bunch of times with a piece of rebar and it's totally cool. Um, but I would say everybody's got gardens. How would mm-hmm. you not be growing cannabis? It's got medicinal purposes. There is not enough high people in these in these shows. I saw one guy with a do-rag and I suspected he might be my people. But aside from that, I was like, these people do not smoke enough weed. Uh, or at least they should be using it. Maybe it has the healing properties that they're looking for. I don't know. I just I just feel like if you can if you can muster up a bunch of coke here in France, then somebody can have like there needs to be a dispensary or something uh, out here for the people who just need to, you know, relax and decompress after a long day of fighting zombies. I mean, honestly. This is a really solid business proposition. Thank you. In the zombie apocalypse. Mm-hmm. Like, it's necessary. It's the, yeah. find a more stressed group of people and a more chill outlet to get that to get that done with. It's illegal. No one has to pass any drug test or anything like that. All you have to do is just show up with, you know, whatever you want to barter. You know, let's trade some stuff. And then, you know, I just sit here and garden my whole time. I think I found my career. I think this is the calling that I've been looking for in the zombie apocalypse. It took a long time. Excusez-moi, monsieur, voulez-vous le chronique? <laughs> <laughs> le gas. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. Oh no, this was this was good. Again, I'm starting to like Paris a lot more. And and I'm not I'm not gonna lie to y'all. I've been to Paris before, didn't love it, didn't love it. But here it sounds great. It sounds like the place to be. Yeah, I, I thought Paris was was fun when I went there. Uh I had a terrific time, but I can see where it's a lot of like things that I don't like about New York, but bigger, but not in New York. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Bigger and not in New York. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, Paris has a lot going for it. It's mm-hmm. it's walkable. It's pretty. They got good food, but they're also it's very crowded and loud, and the streets are not on a grid. That's my mm-hmm. complaint about every city, but New York is the streets are not on a grid. Um, I think it would be, but I, I really have more faith in them than I do in my own people to thrive in the zombie apocalypse, yeah. especially after seeing dead city. Like, I don't want any of that. Right. Well, we see in New York and now we've seen Paris as well. Like these two huge, you know, big cities where you would think the zombie apocalypse would mean a lot for the infrastructure and how people get down. And then for me, it just seemed like, uh, things were a lot more bleak in, uh, New York than they were in Paris. So do we think there is a city where they would be doing even better? Like what's the best city in the world to be in post zombie apocalypse? Mm. Oh, I don't wow, know. That's a good question. Um, maybe it's like, <laughs> Oh, like Sydney. Yeah. Because you're not, there's not an influx of other people from other countries or, you know, like other, other lands, like, you know, it's just whoever was there to begin with and that's it, you know? <laughs> Yeah, I th- I think I want to see like the Wellington Paranormal crossover with Walking Dead. There you go. I mean, we know Australia, and New Zealand. We know how they deal with the pandemic. I think they'd probably do okay. Yeah, um, and 
the scariest things about uh, Australia are the animals. You know, like I think yeah. every time we look up and you see some crazy animal antics, it's always from Australia. I think that's a pretty good built-in protection. These uh, walkers have to now get to you, but they have to go through the 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 horde of kangaroo uh, or, huge, or, or huge spiders. You know, and so I, I think I start to feel a little comfortable in Australia after a while because you know not a lot of people are coming and going either. So it's that true. might be safe. Yeah, maybe the dingo ain't your zombie. <laughs> and I'd love to see what they have going on at the Opera House after last week's episode of Daryl Dixon. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it takes a very specific type of visionary to create a zombie orchestra, but it's a thing that is done now. Like, this is what we're doing with our vacant performance halls, and I'm here for it. Mm, the one thing that survived the zombie apocalypse, drag queens, who knew? You know, I was like, oh, this is great. This is interesting. I was like, I, you just you just didn't get this kind of nuance from uh, like culture or when they were showing, uh, you know, the U.S. versions of, you know, of, or locations of the, the Walking Dead. It was a lot more just like day to day. But it wasn't a lot of like, no, we are in a place that is scenic and it has a history and let's kind of delve into it. Uh, it's, it they tiptoed into that into New York. But this is the first time we really got into like the culture of wherever we were. I mean, there was almost no there's no difference in Atlanta uh, and the walking dead proper and Texas in fear of the walking dead. But here you see a very, a very big difference in what we've come to know as our zombie apocalypse. That is true. And it's, it's spectacular. Like it's a real, there's a real sense of place. Like half the mm -hmm. time you forget in those latter seasons of walking dead, you don't even remember where it's supposed to be taking place. Because mm -hmm. we know the first seasons were Georgia, but then it's like Alexandria is supposed to be in Virginia, and then, you know, Commonwealth is supposed to be West Virginia or Ohio, question mark. Mm -hmm. And they they had that one season with the truckers and the filthy woman of fear, and who knows what state they ended up in after that. Um, but this, like, we couldn't be anywhere else. We are in Paris. Um, I want to go back to the Pigeon Man for a second, because... This to me is very dumb. This guy is very dumb. How did he survive 12 years in the zombie apocalypse if he's going to sell everybody out the second somebody tries to cake his pigeons? <laughs> well, I mean, in fairness, he didn't sell anybody out. I mean, he, he, he went to save his pigeons because those are his only friends in the entire world. Uh, and he's built an attachment to them. I mean, he didn't say, and Daryl is over there. <laughs> He might and as well have. And, yeah. and give me my B. Jones. He didn't do that. That would be selling him out. <laughs> yeah. But also, it sure seems like. Okay, correct me if I'm wrong. This is how I think pigeons work. <laughs> so, pigeons are specifically trained like they have a home base. And if you raise them in their home base, no matter where you take them in the world, they're going to go back to that home base. So. Yeah. Pigeon Man has a bunch of these pigeons that are all like they have different home bases and they're if you let them go, they're going to go home because homing pigeon, it's in the name. <laughs> Why wasn't the first order of business when they saw that the bad guys were coming? They should have let the pigeons out at that moment. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah I guess. I I'm thinking that in the moment he's a little flustered because Daryl is making this a very urgent matter. Like, no, leave the pigeons and go. He's like, wait, leave the pigeons? So before he could kind of focus on that, he'd already been shuffled off. I just don't understand why this was such a big deal to him. Like, I get it. These are his friends. But you're, you're not wrong, Jess. He didn't sell anybody out, but he definitely sacrificed his entire life to free these pigeons. You know, like, uh, 
he went over there. It's like he had like, you know, door number one, live your life and don't have pigeons. Or door number two, die and don't have pigeons. And he chose die and don't have pigeons, but like he got to free him. So I don't know if that was his win condition. Is that what he was going for? It's like his life does not have meaning if he's not able to protect these pigeons. I just don't know. But he could live and have the pigeons if he just lets the pigeons go home. He can go yeah. get them later. He knows where they're going. Yeah. This is true. I think Daryl just distracted him. He might have, but Daryl distracted him and, and took him into hiding. And by then, the Garriers had possession of the pigeons. And yeah, at that he point, separated him from the pigeons. Yeah, they're true. not gonna. They're not gonna let them go. They're going to, as they said, have a fine squab dinner. So. <laughs> yeah. Can Can he get more pigeons? Like, is there a world where you say goodbye to these pigeons? Allow me to. Uh, okay. R.I.P. Let's eulogize the pigeons. They're about to go become dinner. Can I get more pigeons and then also like live? Because I really think that his flaw here was that he was willing to give his life to make sure that these pigeons didn't end up dinner. And they're not dinner. He's a, he he accomplished his goal, but at what cost? Do the pigeons already have notes on them? Like, was he taking oh. the pigeons somewhere to send the mail? That's I possible. So. I mean, okay, that is possible. So maybe it was an alert that oh, the the garriers have gotten us. Please send help or don't come here. It's dangerous. Maybe, maybe that would make sense. That I would have a lot more uh, faith or, in the pigeon man's uh, decision. Yeah. We've got yeah. Laurent, and Laurent needs to go to the next stop. Let's let them know that Laurent is gonna come to your town. That makes uh, sense because he also only had like maybe five pigeons. Yeah, There's way more pigeons than that. And yeah, and, and plus we already know that he had sent some pigeons off. With the mm -hmm. message that Daryl uh, and Izzy and Laurent had shown up, you know, so you know, like, come on, who knows? But uh, so yeah. th those pigeons aren't back yet. So there are pigeons out there. Yeah, yeah, and they're functional pigeons. So you know, maybe he, that was his like distress signal. You like, if I let the pigeons go and they show up at your porch with no letter or no nothing on them, then you know I'm dead or something like that. You know, like uh, move on to the next mail carrier. You know, I'm I'm pretty sure that there had to be a reason why he was willing to sacrifice his life aside from. It's a zombie apocalypse. The world is bleak. And all I've managed to do was make friends with pigeons. I, I would like to think it was deeper than that. Yeah. Again, you don't get 12 years in a zombie apocalypse just prioritizing pigeons over your own life. Agreed. Fair. Fair. I mean, maybe he came around to what's really important in life and concluded that it was the pigeons. But yeah, RIP Pigeon Man. Um, we barely knew you. Uh, yep. I, I'm sure that if Hawk Moth ever possessed you with an Akuma, you would turn into Mr. Pigeon. And that's the crossover event I really want to see. Um, so, yeah, we are now we're looking for Laurent. And again, it takes these people far too freaking long to figure out where Laurent might have possibly gone. Oh, I don't know. Where'd he go? What's the one thing he knows in Paris? Yeah, exactly. Especially because, I mean, and, and Daryl, Daryl, to his credit, knows immediately once he finds out that nobody knows where Laurent is. Like, oh, I know where he is. So at least, at least our, our hero. At least he's is, paying attention. Yeah. You know, now, does he say it right away? Well, okay. He doesn't tell us, the, the viewer, right away. But since, the, you know, he and Izzy then set out, I think he probably just said, yeah, let's go. I know exactly where to go. And so they're, they're making a beeline for it. I don't know how Laurent wa wanders the city. For as long as he does, you know, just put on a stupid cap, go do 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 do, wandering around, heading you towards the tower. Laurent. And, you hate him. Oh my and, god! You hate uh, none, so none of these garriers find him in all that time on their patrols. He's not yeah. exactly hiding and walking stealthily. 
I'd be more worried he got taken. Like, maybe it's immaterial. Where did Laurent go? It's like, oh, Laurent is gone. He must have got taken because he's not going to make it anywhere on his own. Underscored by the fact that he gets to the Eiffel Tower, immediately lets a bunch of zombies out, and the zombies are after him. And what does he do? He straight up glens it under the dumpster. Yep. Let's the work. Let's them out. I mean, it's kind of it's sort of like, hey, we've got a set piece ready to go and go and release. <laughs> those those Cue the zombies, zombies came from the left, came from the right, and then suddenly a hundred from the center. He didn't really trigger anything to let them out, which is well. One I of guess he just showed up with his like good smelling self, and the zombies yeah. were like dinner. Yeah, that Weird. little barricade that they had to keep the zombies in there, it seems, or that little wall they were behind was. Was not structurally sound, you know, and so it didn't take much for them to break through it to get to him. But yeah, they were just like corralled in there, just hanging out, chilling until they had any motivation to get out. And it was him. He walked up, kind of made eye contact, and then it was a, a, a horde of zombies coming from the Eiffel Tower. And you're right. It's an amazing set piece. You kind of have to do it. You have to do this moment. Um, the hiding under the, 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 the Glen, you know, the hiding under the dumpster part or whatever, that's cool. But then he just gets kidnapped. Like, this kid. He's not, no, he's not a load. He's just yeah, a load. He's just, uh, he's really just a burden. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I have, I have issues. Now, look, don't, don't get me wrong. You hate him. This is not even about Laurent. I, I love this episode. I love the, I love the show. I, I, I enjoy all the big swings they're taking. I did think it was kind of funny that these zombies who have been corralled there for years, probably behind this barricade. Laurent, the one tour shows up, peekaboo, and they all come streaming out, all heading towards Laurent. And then Daryl and Izzy come running over, and suddenly it's like a scene from a kung fu movie where yes. one zombie is running at Daryl, and the others are like in the background going, Oh, yeah, look, the one one's like a putty patrol. All right, we're yeah. just gonna <laughs> and he'll bob and weave. Oh, my turn. Okay, I'm gonna go after Daryl. Like, what was that choreography? I mean, come on. Yeah, and it's Daryl and Izzy. In a world where Izzy has like the one knife, and Daryl has this like a uh, cool ball and chain thing—I don't know what it's called—but he's, uh, yeah, he's whipping this mace around. And the mace thing is really cool. But you're right; he's fighting them one at a time, and Izzy's fighting them one at a time. And this is the same Daryl that was like, "We got to release the horse. How are we going to get past these three zombies?" You know. Um, <laughs> now Daryl takes on the entire horde with nothing but Izzy by his side, with a child around that can possibly just get snatched up at any time by any of these zombies. And he comes out unscathed. You know, Daryl Dixon, ladies and gentlemen, this is what we deal with here on The Walking Dead. Yeah, and, you know, admittedly, my bar is a little bit higher because we've spent so much time with Will Asskicker, and yeah. then we spent so much time with the World Beyond Kids, and then we had a whole-ass arc about Padre training these children to become unstoppable zombie-slaying machines. Mm -hmm. <laughs> But I'm disappointed in Laurent for not packing a weapon with him and not having, like, literally, like, just kind of cowering in a corner while the zombie, like, paws at him. And it's one zombie pawing at him once the fighting mm -hmm. starts. And it's like, why are you so useless? Like, I, I trust RJ in this zombie yep. fight more than I trust you, Laurent. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it seems Laurent's primary weapon is philosophy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's going to make you think. It's going to bore yeah, them cool. to death. I think you're a good person. I think you're a very good person. You don't like people to know it, but you put on a face. But uh, am I making you think? Is your brain just blown? I'm so <laughs> precocious. Yeah. 
And Anna's like, how does he do it? It's my head. He's getting to my head. Uh, I'm, I'm good. I'm a good person. Uh, yeah, that's his power. His Oh, my God. He, he's heart. Of all the planeteers. Yeah, of all the planeteers. This kid is heart. He's a South dear God. Kid. Yeah, dear God, we need fire. We need fire. We need earth. Anybody but heart here. And um, I guess it works on Anna. You know, she doesn't shoot and kill them. But it's it's also a very big liability, you know, even in the episode before this, where he's like overhears the entire conversation about Daryl and I mean from Daryl and Izzy about his dad. He's like, I hate you both. And then next thing you know, they're getting attacked by zombies. Like, hey kid, could you just zip it for a second? Can you just save your 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 tantrum until we're not surrounded by a zombie horde? He's not the best. He's not the best. No. It's uh yeah, if we have to rank the kids, he's uh he's down there with the look at the flowers girl. If you look at the flowers girl, I would at least trust in a fight. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. She's probably gonna try to throw you to the zombies afterward, but she's yeah. capable of killing. We have seen that happen. I think she's uh, she's down there with the with the kid from the season five finale where he's covered in zombie guts and he's like, Mom, mom, mommy, yeah. mommy, mommy, <laughs> mom, mom. <laughs> Look at me, look at me, look at me. I'm not a zombie, I promise. Yeah, no, this, yeah, this is, this kid is low on the rankings. He could never hang out with the World Beyond kids. Like, they, no. they just, they Elton just would kick to, his ass. Elton would kick his ass, you know? Um, but yeah, Laurent is not uh, special. Maybe he's just normal. And maybe that's yeah, okay. But on the other hand, Laurent would probably just be happy to be included. He just like, needs some friends. Yeah. Well, just, he's, he's happy to be hazed by these other children. He just wants to stay there. He's like, I'm just going to stay here, like be at the bottom of the pecking order. It's better than hanging out with nuns all the time. Well, yeah. and here's, but here's my confusion about the whole what they're trying to tell us about Laurent, because Laurent is the worst. Don't get me wrong. But this, the episode opens, you know, last episode ended and Daryl fell through the hole from the roof. Mm-hmm. And this, this episode opens and... Daryl is in, in some sort of tunnel system and he sees Laurent and all these, you know, the walkers are surrounding him. And, you know, they, they pull this right out of World War Z where, you know, he, he just like closes his eyes and suddenly all the walkers just walk away and, and leave him alone and Laurent is safe. And you're like, okay, is this in the future? Is this a dream? Because you think it might be a dream, but then the next thing we see is that Daryl's in the water. I'm like, okay, now is this a flashback? Is this how he got off the boat? No, this is him falling through the hole. So he never really was unconscious to dream. So I don't know what that first scene was. I thought he was unconscious. I thought like when he fell through the hole, maybe he just blacked out or something and then woke he up into the water. In, the, in the water. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. Like when he woke up, he was in the water fighting the swimming the swimming walkers, which was weird. Um, and then, yeah, this, but they showed us that scene with Laurent and it felt like it felt like a dream. It really did. It felt like he was having a nightmare about this kid leaving him for dead, but only to wake up in the in the water and Laurent's nowhere to be found. So I'm not quite sure what that was. Um, I think, yeah, I, I, I don't know if it's something that we'll see in the future, or in the past. Uh, like maybe it's. I don't think it could be in the past, right? Like because he didn't know this kid existed until we right. until we met him. But I, I think you know it was almost like I, I felt that, like this was like some sort of tribute to Kurt Vonnegut or something like you know like, you know Daryl Dixon unstuck in time because it was like <laughs> you know, I didn't know where we were at any point. So even when he got out of, of the situation, killing the watery zombies and came up from from uh, you know La Metro, he he's like like you said, Jess, you know he's seeing people in their apartments and they're playing the violin and they're having a nice dinner and I'm like, well, when is this? Where is this? What is going on? It was very. Mm-hmm. 
mystical and ethereal. And I, I love the mood it set. Don't get me wrong. I just, from a storytelling standpoint, I just was wondering where the hell are we? When the hell are we? When the hell are we for sure? Yeah. And there wasn't like, I, I want to even give them the benefit of the doubt that like, this is setting up some, like, this is some foreshadowing incident that is going to set the tone for future, the future denouement, but it's not, I've seen all the episodes and it doesn't. I'm sorry to spoil that, but it just, it's just, we're just making pretty things. And I, I'm sure we could, you know, it we could get somebody in here with like a PhD in film studies to talk about, like to find something in there, but you got to dig, you got to, you got to go deep into the, like, you got to go deep down into the hatch to find the meaning in all of it. Um, apart from you watch Laurent just stand there and completely fail to rescue anybody. And you're like, yeah, that tracks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't oh. even hate him that much. He's not, he's not the most annoying child ever on television, but. No, and, and at least they, they give him the best. The one thing he's not, he, he may be annoying. He may be feckless against the zombie horde. Heckless. But he's not <laughs> stupid because at least we have the scene where it's like, do you know who I am? Yeah, you're, you're my father. Like, oh, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. We don't have to do this, this dance for 16 episodes. I like the fake out, though. They made it seem like he was about to do the like, no, you're friends with my mommy and my auntie and you know Mr. Daryl. He's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's like, no. He's like, nah, um, you're my dad. I'm not crazy. He's like, oh, okay, cool. As long as you know. It's like, yeah, I heard. He's like, all right. Yeah, like they very much gave us the, yeah, you knew my mom that in a biblical sense, like you had sex with her and I'm your child. And maybe, and does this, does this make Laurent feel like he's not the savior anymore? Like, is this kid's spirit broken now that he knows that he has an actual dad and he's not like this uh, zombie born child? He didn't, nobody ever told Laurent that he was immaculately conceived. <laughs> nobody was special, mind you, like it- Except for like this kind of like, oh, you're special, but not in the like that you're the savior. They they never gave him the plan. They never told him, uh, you're the one that we're gonna take. And it's just you're special because you're you, but not you're special because we think you're some sort of messiah. He ain't dumb. That man okay, Mr. Rogers. If he can't if he can't figure out if he can figure out that this man that he just met is his dad within three seconds, I'm sure. Nine, ten years of these people fawning over him and, and and catering to his every whim as the only child around, calling him special. I'm pretty sure he picked up that they were secretly worshiping a ground he walked on and trying to make sure that he knew that he was the one who was about to save the save everybody from the zombie apocalypse. I just think now it's painfully clear that now your dad's a bum and you might not be that special. I mean, honestly, you don't even have to be in the zombie apocalypse and be the only boy on earth. To be like a little white boy and feel like you're the most special little boy on the planet. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> He's like, no, this is nice. This is this feels yeah, like this, right, actually. This is the natural order of things. <laughs> there you go. I am the most specialist little boy on the planet. And it's, it's why it doesn't phase him. He's like, I'm still pretty special. I, I know myself. Right. The zombies will not replace us. The zombies will not replace us. <laughs> <laughs> this is why it's this is why it's paramount to have him raised by the good guys. You cannot let him fall into the hands of Janae because he's going to turn into like a little mini Mussolini or something. 
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yes, and and Janae is uh, French Julie Armand. Like, is that what we're doing yeah. here? Like, <laughs> I thought we... Julie Armand was French Julie Armand. That's what I thought too until <laughs> I saw this woman. I was like, she, that do y'all like y'all know this is the same character, right? Like, can we all just talk about it for a second? They have the same exact mannerisms, the same everything. Mm-hmm. Like, we already, I think someone should have pulled her to the side. Like, we already did this. We, we already did this one. Like, you know, give us something different. This character has been, we've seen it before. You know who I would like to see in this role? Julia Armand. Yes. <laughs> I want her to be like the twin sister yes. of World Beyond Julia Armand because we know this is like kind of contemporaneous with World Beyond. Yeah. So, yes, let's make this let's make this like let's Robert Patrick it, it up in here. This. I was waiting for Robert Patrick. <laughs> it has to happen. I'm just saying this character is extremely boring to me because she's not bringing anything new to the table in comparison to the one that we have from The Walking Dead, uh, Dead City. New York okay. gave us some interesting bad guys. Granted, and it's like a half-step upgrade from Jadis, which was the same character before they, you know, mm-hmm. that whole <laughs> genre. But I actually felt there was some menace to, to Janae here that I didn't see from her prior to this like when, when she's i mean when we meet her in on the boat and she's talking to the captain i mean you think you know, she's probably gonna kill the captain and she doesn't kill the captain and here when she goes for the baby that baby is you crying. thought she was gonna kill the baby yes she was not gonna kill AJ, the baby. No, no, no. Stop it. i didn't i didn't really ever think she was going to kill the baby because they wouldn't do that but, but then again i didn't not think she was gonna right. kill the baby you know she like, could have been like this is mine there. now there was a tension there that is rarely seen. Yeah. Like, you know, the characters there did not know she wasn't going to kill the baby. That's true. 
We know that this is the Walking Dead, and they don't do that. The baby's crying. She looks annoyed. She's like, let me grab the baby. No, no, no. There's some menace there with her, even though, you know, at the end, she's just like, oh, good, go shoot the baby, don't save her. But yeah. I, at least I believe there was some some menace to her. So I'm like, okay, that's a step above most of the villains we see on this show. Fair. I could, what should she have killed the baby? Let's just talk about it. The Walking Dead has been getting a little stale with some of our villains. We already know things that are not going to happen, right? They're not killing no kids, really. You might walk up on a zombie child, but that's about it. But they AJ, killed, to your um, point. They killed Dwight's kid. They, yeah, they did. We were shocked. Well, about that they didn't. Like, they didn't. I mean, they, they, they yeah, he they died with the zombie he- crane head, and and then yeah. and then allowed him to die a natural death. They didn't kill him. Right, he got bit. But yeah. but I do think that AJ has a point. We have a show that we have gotten to the point where it's predictable when it comes to situations like that. Like, yes, I too knew the baby wasn't going anywhere, but a tiny part of me hoped that she just right. tossed the baby off the roof. You know, just like kind of just like yeet. took the yeah, yeetus, <laughs> fetus yeetus, deletus, you know, just <laughs> throw the baby off the, off the roof. Uh, and just be and just to see, you know, like dang, we can still do shocking things on The Walking Dead because there's not a lot of surprise on the show anymore. And I do agree that like, yeah, there was no world where she would have done it, but they had enough tension built up to where I was like, but if she does. Okay, yes. I take that as an uh, as a bad guy. Julia Romano would not throw the baby. This woman did not throw the baby, but it felt like she could have. Yeah, I, I think there's probably a continuum of like, would they throw a baby? Yeah, like would they throw- rank Walking Dead villains by would they throw a baby? Negan would never throw a baby. No, Wait, pause. Kids, never. Kids he would never. never throw a baby. Kids are off limits to Negan. Always yeah. okay. Always I'm writing this down. Alpha would throw a baby, and in fact, sort of, kind of did. Okay, hold on. Negan. Now, he'll, take, he'll yeah. take the baby and hold it in front of the father as, as he beats him to death. That would Negan would do. Oh, yeah. yeah. 100%. Alpha, yes. Alpha, yes. Okay. Governor, yes. The governor, yes. yes. Virginia. Virginia, no. No, but she'd try and steal the baby. Yes. Virginia, baby. Would, Virginia would take all of the babies. Yes. I'm making a graphic for this, by the way. <laughs> Virginia Steele. Okay, who else do we got? Strand. Strand would steal the baby, not kill the baby. Strand yeah. is going to definitely steal the baby. Strand already that. did that. We've, Strand we've has that. stolen children. <laughs> That's the continuum. Is it, will they steal the baby, or will they keep? Will they or will they not kill the baby? It's like uh, it's like <laughs> it's like steal, yeet, or ignore. Now, ignore. I would say the claimers would probably steal the baby, claim the baby, steal the baby, then eat the baby. <laughs> Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Terminus guys also definitely yes. have have done so. Yes. Okay. Julia um, Armand, would she do test on the baby? No, no. She's got a sandwich. She's not going to eat the baby. Okay. <laughs> she's a sandwich lady. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, Fear the Walking Dead's Teddy. Teddy. Would throw the baby. Yes. Teddy would throw the baby. Dakota Teddy would throw dog. the baby. Yes. Dakota and Teddy both throw on the baby. The vultures yeah. would throw baby. Throw the baby. <laughs> this is wild. What about uh, um? What about Padre Lady? Oh no! Well, she loves children, right? She would like not throw things. the baby. She yeah, she's got to raise the baby up. Yeah, yeah she yeah. has to raise the baby as her own. Now, what, once the baby turns eighteen, stork? what was it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, stork, not stork pelican. Um, yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Crane. Okay. Crane. crane. She was crane. Yeah. Yeah. Shrike. Shrike. She was Shrike. 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 Beak. Yeah. Stabbing the babies. How soon we forget? Yeah. No, I like this. No, because this is, I think this is something that we need to keep up with. Now, the lady from Dead City, 
Mm. I feel like she's throwing the baby. Yeah, Croat throws the baby too. Croat Croat throws the baby 100. percent Croat throws the baby. Uh, I don't know. I I, I the, the 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 grand dame. I think I don't know. She probably teaches the the baby a patter song. <laughs> Which did the picture triplets did it? Which the picture triplets did it? If we we need a crossover between this French stuff and the New York stuff because that was really when they started to play the foundation that people are going to try to keep the arts alive here in the zombie apocalypse. We saw it there with theater and we seen it here with orchestra. Y'all, let's do this. We can get this, we can get us a, a stage play going or something like that. At least we got the mm-hmm. pieces. Yeah. Yeah, this is this is good. Well, I don't know what port Daryl's going to go back to when he gets on his boat. Also, do we know how the boat is powered? This is a good question. This we have not question. seen not. like he's not going to do like a like a gendry Baratheon and row it all oh the way God. across the ocean for four seasons and then just appear. <laughs> yeah, just appear. Hey guys, what I miss? Um, I, I, it's weird that they're so convinced he's going to get a boat that he can get across the ocean with. Like there can't be that many of them. There's probably just the one he came on. Right, and they said what that took three, four years to outfit to where it could do what it was doing so and yeah. stop calling it a boat it's a it takes a ship to get across the ocean y'all not a boat a boat yeah, is what how you got right yeah, <laughs> the he's boat not gonna go across he... the ocean in an outrigger <laughs> right they just keep saying like oh i need a boat no you need uh like a huge ship like like something that can maneuver through the the ocean <laughs> you know this is not you like like rowing or paddling your way through this, you know you what are you doing here? So I, I want to know what's going on. And I also want to know, I know y'all two have watched ahead, so not to spoil anything, but but I also want to know, is uh, The Walking Dead Daryl Dixon season two going to be taking place in Paris? You know, or are we going to be going back home? Shrug. 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 Yeah. Because uh, that makes sense as far as the boat storyline is like, okay, if there is a boat slash ship that can get him across the way, then we'd obviously need to find it in the next couple episodes so he can get across the way. But I wouldn't be mad if maybe the next season takes place on the boat. You know, maybe if it's uh on the ship or something like that. We, we get like we've a... seen a season of Walking Dead on a ship. Yeah, but we're running out of options here. You know, like uh, now we've seen a season in Paris. You know, like where are we going to go next? Could he go to Amsterdam? You know, what if we're okay. going to leave him in Europe? Well, Chappelle, there. This goes back to your original point. Mm-hmm. I think Amsterdam would probably be a pretty great place to go That's in the zombie very apocalypse. Very true. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I like this too. The okay. one thing about Amsterdam about this. Yeah. is that is their infrastructure relies so much on this like antiquated pumping system to keep it from flooding. I feel like mm. Amsterdam probably flooded once the infrastructure failed. Mm. But there's probably also a high concentration of herb in Amsterdam. Great. Great timing there as well. Um, yeah, and I think that maybe if you find somebody who can zombie power the the pumping system, mm-hmm. you know, then because because we have to assume that these these ships are fueled by some type of zombie fuel. Like I just don't, I really highly doubt that they have like the infrastructure set up where anybody is doing any like you know crude crude oil refining and you know right. stuff like that. Like, powered, obviously. Yeah, I don't know yeah. the answer, but if we've seen that even in New York, that we've the methane. Yeah. So <laughs> some sort of fuel source could easily have been synthesized over a decade. You know, they figured it out. Somebody. Somebody. I mean, if we could have a if we could have a zombie orchestra, we yeah. can have a zombie Viking longboat and just tie them all to the oars. <laughs> yeah. Rowing in unison. 
Stroke. Stroke. Dangle a pork chop in front of him. (laughs) Dangle a rot in front of him. He seems to be a a zombie magnet. Zombie Um, snack, that boy. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah, we've gone far afield. Um, We've talked about Janae not eating the baby. We have talked about. No. She's going to cuddle it and give it back to its mother. Mm -hmm. But she's going to think about it. She thought about it. And that's why she's scary. Um, We should talk about the bargain that forms the centerpiece of the episode. Um, and this was another point where it's like, yeah, gee, you think that's what he wants? It's like, it takes them way too long to arrive at, oh, he probably just wants his ex-girlfriend to come back so that he can feel like a big man again. Like, Quinn feels emasculated. That's why he, that's what he wants. And why doesn't anybody, why Why does it take them so long to for Isabel to realize, oh, he just wants me to stay back? Well, I I don't know. I think they they picked up on that fairly quickly, to be honest. It, it just because in the moment she's interrogating this guy who's one of the one of the kidnappers who was left behind, and you know he's just basically cursing her out and like, oh, you're you're you know she like, she's where where is he? Who who has him? Who you work for? And he's like, now mind you, we've only seen two people in this town he could work for, so he's yeah. either Gary or he works for Quinn, but. I'll give you that. I feel like, yeah, he should have kept it a little more ambiguous. Sure. But once he starts calling her a whore and like, you know, you, you get around the blah, 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 you know, and then she's like, oh, I know who it is. Like it, it was right. all <laughs> yeah. of one scene. Oh God, it's Quinn. Because, yeah. you know, Janae feels like women need to support other women. <laughs> yes. Supporting women's yeah. rights and wrongs here. Um, you know, I, I agree. I think, but it wasn't the whore talk. They really got her. It was when he called her a thief. It's like you're mm. just because I was like, we haven't seen her steal anything. Like, you know, like just that's a very specific claim. You know, like, people get called whores for less, but to be called a thief, it's like kind of like you have to have evidence of your thievery. Like, well, and she stole a car. She stole the car. But that's what I'm saying. Yeah. That's the only story that he probably tells about her. It's like, remember yeah. how that woman stole the car for me? They're like, Oh, that's that thief and slut yeah. right there. You know, so that's what tipped her off. But the bargain is just for her to stay and just be his queen. What is it? What's that? What are we doing? Yeah, it, it seems like that's where it's going. Kind of doesn't seem to be too fussed that Laurent is ends up not being part of the deal. Like, we haven't really well, seen his reaction to this yet, but he doesn't want to play family. No. Well, and, and I, I don't think he can play family because he knows Janae is looking for the kid, so it's not like yeah. he can hide the kid indefinitely at the yeah. Moulin Rouge. So it's just like, okay, I do want my kid to live, and he, he, he you know, I'll, I'll play along and I'll keep him safe, part partially out of this this much machismo paternalism but also like and as long as you stay here you know so i think there's there's that aspect to it uh that's going on there i mean and and i like i like the fact that you know it's just like this is what i'm not she's not going back because laurent is is free at the end like you know they've Mm. they've gotten him out but she's like yeah but the city's being shut down we might need to bribe people who's got the money to bribe people I got to make sure. So it, it, the self-sacrifice here does make sense. It doesn't feel too forced. Like it would as, as if like she went back. So he let Laurent go. I mean, Laurent, mm-hmm. He's already in the wind. So it makes yeah. sense. Yeah. And he can always get another baby if she stays, you know, like it's probably his thought process. Like I could probably start a family with this woman as opposed to trying to hold on to Laurent who, you know, we've all agreed that the kid got bad vibes. Like you've got to let a kid go. This is the one to let go. He's so, a real know, mood killer. It's not great. Not the favorite kid, not our favorite child. We've, we've, we've talked about that ad nauseum. So I think that he might've picked up on that as well. Like this kid seems all right, but 
Yeah, he's got a stepdad. He's got Daryl now. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, Daryl's good with the kids. Uh, we also lose Sylvie this episode. Um, we don't lose her loser, but she she has been um, tempted away from God by the first man that she meets. Look, <laughs> she made a decision. And I, <laughs> I support this woman because she's like, I didn't even really have a choice but to be a nun, kind of. Like, I just became one. And now, now I'm kind of like, well, I want to see what the flesh is like. Well, I want to see what that's about. And she she had her first kiss. We saw that. She's kind of like, it was weird, but I didn't hate it. So I think, uh, yeah, we lost her. She's lost her the sauce. They're cute. And yeah, she failed the test of God. And, you know, and then she talks to Izzy and fails the Bechdel test because they only talk about a meal. So, you know, <laughs> nice, nice little scene going on there. But yeah, it makes sense. It's like, look, I kind of want to stay here and fight the good fight. And like, I, like, I can't get on the boat. So right. <laughs> might as well. So it, it makes sense to me. Emil sure. has Elton's hair. Does. Like, grown up, grown up Elton is what I've been calling him in my notes. Um, I hope he finds him a nice Sylvie too. You know, settles down. Yeah, I'm sure he did. <laughs> well, will we ever find out? Is the real question. <laughs> I want, I want to revisit the world beyond kids in like whatever the last episode of anything Walking Dead is. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That may happen like years after I myself am dead. But if I live to see it. I want to see them circle back to the Walking Dead kids. That would be nice. The Walking Dead survived the writer strike and the actor strike at the same exact time. They have not missed a beat. And this I is, is the true. only show that did not miss a beat, a single beat. And so um I'm I'm confident that it will outlive us all. And, and I will say kudos to the writers of this episode because there's there was some subtle stuff in this that I, I probably am reading too much into it just because that's what I do. But the exchange with Quinn and Anna when uh, Quinn is giving uh, Laurent the candy, the little piece of candy, mm-hmm. and he's like, this one is old. And, and Quinn, Quinn goes, well, an old one is better than none at all. And Anna goes, yeah, the jokes inside the wrappers always made me laugh. And, and she's like, yeah, you know, the old one, you, Quinn. That joke yeah. you put inside the wrapper when you shook me. Okay. Yeah, that always <laughs> makes me laugh. Like, there's <laughs> such, there was such a point in this the way she said that and rolled her eyes. Like, yeah, no, we love the old ones. <laughs> Jerk face. I, I, I don't know. That, that feels like a leap, but I don't hate it. And also, <laughs> did you catch the joke? I, I did, and I, I, yes. I don't like it. <laughs> but what was the answer to the joke? Because the question was, was a vampire's favorite food, right? Yep. Yes. Croque monsieur. Croque monsieur. Because croque monsieur, croque is to crunch or to bite. Mm. And so it's it's like, it is a French pun. A crunchy gentleman is yeah, basically crunchy gentleman. a gentleman. It's really just a, a grilled cheese with ham. Yeah. yeah. Is what a croque monsieur is. I prefer yeah. the croque madame with the egg on it. With the yeah. egg on it, with the little, and it's very, it's kind of a little runny, just a little bit, you know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Meet yeah. that yeah. every yeah, time. croque madame, because she's got the eggs. And croque monsieur is without the eggs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But okay, that that innuendo I will buy for a quarter. But, but I don't know about the other one. <laughs> but the one I always heard was like, "What's a vampire's favorite fruit?" Jess, what's a vampire's favorite fruit? Yeah, I don't know, Chappelle. What is a vampire's favorite fruit? Jess, what's your favorite fruit? Nectarine. Oh, nectarine. There you go. Oh, nectarine. <laughs> nice. That's why when he started speaking in French, I was like, "Wait, I don't know this one." <laughs> that was the other piece of candy. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, why? Why are there suddenly 
<laughs> more vampire jokes than on an episode of what we do in the shadows. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, and they're all food related. What's a vampire's least favorite food, Jess? Um, it's gotta have garlic in it, right? But that's nope. not funny. Steak. <laughs> wow, you got a hundred of them, man. I got three of them. <laughs> that's yeah, three hundred. Yeah, I studied the humanities. Um, we have some we have some mailbag. We have some things we need to wrap up Ooh. from last week. If there's nothing else we want to talk about from this week, do we need to talk about the pig story? Probably need to talk. I, about I the think just talk about the pig again. Just how how like I've never seen Norman Reedus this good. Mm-hmm. It, they gave him a, a lot of dialogue there, and like he sold this stupid story about the kid in my town, and uh, you know he had a pet piglet, and father said kill him for church dinner, Sunday dinner, and oh, and you, and he's stabbing this guy, yeah, 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 mm-hmm. all throughout, and then and this cut, cut to the very next scene, she's like, Izzy's like, hmm, that child was you. It's like, nah, I made the whole thing up. <laughs> the delivery on that was so cool. yeah. He's and he's really like to do. I, I loved it. Zero F's Daryl. Yeah. He was cosplaying Negan. It felt like a Negan story. You know, yeah. like Negan Negan is good at just like chewing the scenery and kind of playing with his food and talking about, you know, like random anecdotes. And this was not like this wasn't typical Daryl. Like you said, we really don't get that much Daryl dialogue in any episode. And we got a whole monologue from him while torturing somebody. I, I wasn't mad at it. Merrill, Merrill, Merrill. He Merle. probably would have done something yes. like this. Uh, but Daryl was channeling him easily. Uh, and, and it was a good scene. I I, I enjoyed the scene. Uh, even, even even though he was torturing somebody and gutting them like a piglet. Um, you know, <laughs> it still it still played well on TV for me. I have I have a note about that guy though. It mm-hmm. sure seems like he was moving around pretty well for somebody that just got shivved a whole bunch of times. Sure. Sure, convenience to get him to the place where he can then be eaten by by, by a whole bunch of walkers and Daryl is like, well, He's like, peace. <laughs> yeah. He's like, help me. No. And he just leaves him there for dead. Again, I enjoyed that. I enjoyed that. So many times we've seen the people save the bad guys. I'm just like, let them die. Uh, two two other points I did I did want to make. One is I just I I I thought the the catwalk fight between Daryl and Quinn kind of very reminiscent of Obi-Wan and Darth Vader with the I am your father like insinuation there, which I thought was at least, if not an intentional homage to something Star Wars, he at least made me think of it. So I thought that was that was clever. Uh, and just the, the final shot of Daryl seeing the Statue of Liberty, mm-hmm. uh, which, you know, talk about, again, using the environment. Mm-hmm. It's actually there. So might as well use it to make him think of America. And, and you know that he, I'm on this boat. This is not the boat I want to be on. I want to be on the boat that takes me to the Statue of Liberty, and that's not the one I want. I just yeah. thought that was a really nice use of of uh, the uh, Pont de Grenelle there. Yeah, this, the Statue of Liberty was a gift from France to the United States, and in return, the gift that the United States gave to France, Daryl Dixon. Daryl Dixon. There you go, ladies and gentlemen. Maybe. Yeah, the even trade. Fair, totally fair. Uh, yeah, and I, I thought, like, we get some shots of Notre Dame this episode. We get the mini Statue of Liberty. It, we get more Eiffel Tower, which I, I still love the, like, idea of the Eiffel Tower, like, moaning. This is, mm. yeah, it's a little bit on the nose, but it's also, it's quite nice. Um, I, honestly, I think one of the reasons that we like Daryl so much is, like, just again, he's, 
he's the supporting actor. He is best supporting actor mm-hmm. in the series that has his name on it. Yeah. Very true. Yeah, and we haven't seen him this good since, like, he used to wear a necklace made of ears around his neck. <laughs> Remember when he used to do that? that agreed. Cool. Agreed. I, you know, I, this this show has always done Norman Reedus justice uh, when it needed to. And, uh, you know, as much as the character's gone through seasons at a time where he was useless... Um, every so often you get a, a a cabin episode, you know, a cabin bottle episode where he gets to act, you know, with 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 the green girl, and mm-hmm. uh, that was delightful. And it's, I, I love just giving Norman Reedus an opportunity because clearly he can act. It's just he mm-hmm. hasn't been written for, and and now to see him written for, but not too much, where they're asking him to carry the show. Yeah, and he he doesn't really doesn't really carry the show so much as like. He's pulling it along. He's a narrative force behind everything that makes us buy into the story as it's going. Because he's out the door every second, every episode. At the end of every episode, he's been out the door. This one, again, he's like, all right, we're done now. I'm going to go to get my, oh, all right, I'll take the kid. Jeez. Wrap it up, people. I got somewhere to be. I got a boat. Mm. There is no boat. No. Like, where where does he think he's getting a boat? Uh, well, it didn't work out well for Victor Strand. Even the boat conversation. There's a one point where he says, "We don't need a boat that bad. Let's just go." It's like, yeah. What? What? Darryl, what's your alternative? Like, what is your backup plan? Just be to live and die in, in Paris. You know, like at some point, yeah, you, you you do want to go back to. I, does he want to go back to the, to the states? Is there anything for him to go back to at this point? Maybe he does just need to start contemplating a life in Paris. And what about Connie? Yeah, and what about Connie? <laughs> I, I think at this point he might be starting to realize the futility of catching a boat. Yeah, although I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, this whole boat thing doesn't work out for him. And, uh, you know, they, they, there, there is no boat. And as he's been st- stringing along, maybe is something that's in the back of his mind. He's like, now you got airports here, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> We can get a plane at an airport, right? That's why he wanted to go to Paris. Yeah, Charles de Gaulle. <laughs> get me a pilot. Yep. Um. So, do we want to go to the mailbag because we have a mailbag to. this week? Let's let's let's. I'm very excited about this uh, because it is something that you know we have been called out, and it's important to cover this. So, Brian from Peabody Mass says. I was suspicious when I saw that your podcast this week was only 48 minutes, but then I listened and I found out why. You guys skipped over probably the most important part of the episode. It was a scene with the zombie experiment where you had superhuman strength and pulled the chains right out of the wall. We'd never seen that before, and it seems like a very big development worthy of discussion. Well, at least you guys spent 25 minutes talking about the zombie orchestra. Yeah. That sounded okay. shady. No, oh no problem was detected with that. A little right. shady, but hey, we mentioned the lobster bisque. We didn't yada yada the important part. Yeah, uh, I I want to cover this because it's something that I don't even know if everybody noticed this. I certainly mm-hmm. I watched the episode twice and I caught it. I think I caught it the first time, but it was very as AJ said, it was very blink and you'll miss it. Mm-hmm. And so we want to go back and talk about this moment because i also want to correct the record because we have seen this before 
Yes. We saw it before at the end of World Beyond. If you didn't watch World Beyond, go watch World Beyond. World Beyond is great. Mm-hmm. We now, watched actually, it. Well, World Beyond exists. World Beyond is a thing. I, I yeah. think maybe saying it's great is overstating the issue a little bit, but there was a fast zombie in the closing credits of World Beyond, and that was the first instance of the fast zombie. But yes, and okay. It was in, and it was in France. Yes. And it was in France. Mm-hmm. So AJ, fill us in on where did where is the super fast zombie in the previous episode? Yeah, so uh, this is coming when uh, Codron is going to kind of sell his services uh, and play the tape for for Janae and like you know I will find the American for you and she's kind of walking through the facility as they're doing this and there's a room and there's some sort of walker who's chained to the wall and they inject him with something and then like the zombie like flips out like and just runs <laughs> breaks the chains and runs full onto the wall and like explodes and and you know they're like eh, 18 seconds do better try again so yes it happened but e- even janae was unimpressed <laughs> but clearly they're working on some sort of i guess it appears they're doing something that gives the zombies super strength or turns them into some sort of targeted killing machines with with speed but for how long right now it lasts 18 seconds so it's not even a thing to worry about really just yet if that's as advanced as they can get it also what is like what is the threat here right you make more advanced zombies people have to get more advanced with how they're dodging and not trying not dying to the at the hands of the zombies somebody's weaponizing the zombies all of that stuff is possible but that's no different than being in a regular zombie apocalypse and you just walk up on a zombie that's faster than all the rest of them. You know, like uh, these people are weaponizing this, but for what reason? You know, to what like to what end? What is Janae going to accomplish by having this army of zombies in a place where everyone's already afraid of them? You know, it's not like zombies are not already a threat. It's just you're going to make them even more threatening. Uh, and I don't know if that means you, you know, like direct hordes at different places, but it doesn't feel like there's a lot of civilization to be conquered out here. Like, what do you, what is your goal here? Um with having, you know, superpowered zombies? What's the upside to this? Yeah, I mean, some of these questions will get somewhat answered in future episodes, but I think the one salient point that maybe we probably should have at least mentioned is that we have an answer to why are there fast zombies. The fast yeah. zombies are artificial. They're not They're not just like this one zombie decided to be fast one day. And, you know, that's the, the children's book in the zombie apocalypse is zombie who wanted to be fast. Uh-huh. Um, so it's not just like it didn't mutate on its own it didn't make up its own mind it got injected with zombie roids and then it had roid rage until it exploded um which that's probably going to come up later spoilers it is going to come up later but i thought this was really there's so many little things like this in the background and we've talked about some of them that do come around later. Like every weird zombie thing you see with the exception of the zombie orchestra, because that was a complete perfection on its own. A symphony of, of its own. Yes. Every other weird zombie thing we've seen so far is going to come back later. And I appreciate that about the show. And this is yet one more thing that, you know, be patient. You're going to have it all explained. Okay. 
Yeah. So thank you for the feedback. And I thought, honestly, I read the email and I thought it was shady because it said I saw the episode was only 45 minutes long and I was suspicious. And then I saw that Chappelle wasn't on it. And that explains why <laughs> it didn't go longer. Um, so I was shocked that it made the twist that it made. But, you know, we do these podcasts. We try to talk about the big points of the episode. And that one was such a small moment. And of course, we had seen it before. So I can definitely understand why y'all glossed over it. But it was it was definitely something to, to call out because in case people had not watched The Walking Dead World Beyond, this was new information to them. Uh, and, you know, it does show that it, like you said, just it means something. You know, there's, we were going to, because I was always going to keep asking, like, why do we do the Walking Dead World Beyond if we were never going to address the big cliffhanger at the end? Um, if we made it through six episodes and they had not shown a fat zombie, I would have been complaining. And so, uh, yeah, this worked for me. Um, yeah, I, I, I enjoyed even seeing that moment because I was thinking, oh, crap, we're doing it again. But we didn't. And so I'm wondering, like, how long it takes to get this whole zombie operation off the ground? Yeah, like, why are we even in France? This is why we're in France. Yep, gotta be. Yep, and I, I really, I want the answer to, back in season one of OG Walking Dead, they go to the CDC and they mention in passing, oh yeah, France got very close to finding a cure to the zombie virus, and then they failed. And I guess this is what they did instead. Yep, pretty much. Why yeah, cure I mean, them when it, we can it, make you know, and, that, and that's a completely different show, right? Like yeah. the, the, the the CSI side of uh, things and how how their experiments, the experiments themselves, mutated from trying to find a cure to trying to do whatever there is that they're doing here. Well, this is mm. like that the end of I Am Legend where he injects the lady zombie with the with the stuff and her breathing slows down. Mm. Yeah, it's but I I I know these things are isolated right now to France. Is there any world where we have to see them in The Walking Dead? Uh, other in the other areas of the Walking Dead universe, right? Like, so we still have, um, fear which exists, and we still have um Dead City as well. And so you know, when Daryl comes back, if he ever does come back to the states, is he accompanied by super fast super fast zombies or some type of, uh, you know elixir or you know something that turns zombies into that that will affect the americas or is this just going to be a isolated france problem wait wait is this how he gets back to the states like <laughs> he's just got a bunch of zombies hooked to the front of his boat and he just injects them with the stuff and then they, they kick take off flail. yeah they, they, take they off. swim across the ocean really that? The, vi the, the viking boat you know like you were saying like this uh, they just put them uh, hook them up let them, let them paddle them all the way over there if they're superpower they should be very fast yeah yeah, it's like Sonic the Hedgehog running across the water. Do they make better fuel now that they are faster? See, that's what I'm talking about. What do we we need to be making solutions here? We cannot just like live and die in the zombie apocalypse if we're not trying to further our our uh, like commitment to saving the world. So if these zombies are not going to be fast and burn faster and give us better uh, you know fuel economies uh, systems and stuff like that, then I don't need them. I don't need the fast zombies if they're not going to be something we could use later on. Um, if forget, schools are evil. Forget people are a resource. Zombies are a resource. Literally. And the Croat is the only person that uses zombies as a resource. And for that, I can't, you know, I I think he's a visionary. He's a bigger visionary than zombie orchestra guy. Jessica, I do. I like you. Very good. Astute of you to observe. Ineffective villain. Very effective scientist. May we. May we. <laughs> um, I had one more piece of mailbag for us. Excellent. And hey. I would love for mailbag to be a regular segment. So please yes. get those emails coming. TWD at postshowrecaps.com. We have two whole mailbags this week. And 
I would like to have more in the future because it's very fun. So our other piece of mail this week comes from our friend Bobby, who says, and I quote, she says, I was so disappointed that you didn't give credit to the cricket that was playing his heart out during your recap. Love you guys. <laughs> AJ's Cricket. Yeah, uh, we, that's what we're going to name AJ's Cricket. His name is now AJ's Cricket. First name AJ, last name Cricket. Um, <laughs> that guy showed up right, and we thought everything was smooth. And then he said, nope, I'm going to hang out for a little bit. So I'm glad you caught that because we did not it. edit it out in post. He, he was he was in there a little bit this week. I heard him. So I'm glad he's back. I'm glad he has lots of yes. thoughts about Daryl Dixon. Yeah, I, I mean, uh, I, I wish I, I I had caught him because <laughs> he would not be in the episode anymore. <laughs> I caught him. Uh, no, you know, it, it it it. I consider it atmosphere. Yes. So I'm, I'm all for it. Yeah, we we love you, AJ's cricket. Never change. Never change. <laughs> it's. I think it's it's a side effect of AJ moving his podcasting setup to the garage, and I I think you know nature sometimes gets in the way you know just like the walking dead franchise itself sometimes if you change locations you capture lightning in a bottle and things go great it's true and sometimes sometimes things go very very badly for you (laughs) (laughs) sometimes you have to be saved by the healing power of beer (laughs) the life i need to live (laughs) Yeah, no kidding. Um, all right, so I think that brings us to the end of our program. Chappelle, what is going on for you this week? Tell us about the suits. Yes, here on Post Show Recaps, we got suits every day. Rob and I are talking about the hit Netflix show Suits, um, former USA show Suits, uh, hit Peacock show Suits. And so check that out. Go to SuitsPodcast.com and subscribe. And then join our Facebook community as well, SuitsPodcast.com slash Facebook to get all your Suits content and more. What's up, Jess? You have your own domain. You see it. <laughs> you have your own domain. And Facebook page. Yes. And so come join the community. Suitspodcast.com slash Facebook. Let's go to suitspodcast.com and hit subscribe. Go to Suits Podcast on Twitter. You All you got to do is search at SuitsPod on Twitter and uh, give us feedback about all those episodes and keep up with the conversations because we're having a good time. We are almost four seasons in already and we just started. So yeah, check that out uh, here on Post Show Recaps. Also on Post Show Recaps, I still have the Connect going on. Mari and I are talking about the Changeling. Mari and Asia just wrapped wrapped up the other Black girl on Hulu, and that was a great show and a great podcast as well. So check that out. Check out the Changeling on Apple Plus and listen to me and Mari talk about it every week here on Post Show Recaps. Over on the uh, Rob has a podcast network. Sasha and I are still talking about Below Deck every Wednesday. It's Below Deck Med now. Mediterranean is here, and Sasha and I are going to cover the entire season week by week. Um, and I think this week since I will be out. Sasha was going to have a special guest. Uh, I think Jason O is going to come on as our guest. And that's going to be a good time. So check that out on the Bravo Rahapos feed on Rob Has a Podcast. Then also, we're talking about Netflix shows. Uh, Rob and I previewed a show called The Devil's Plan this week uh, with Brian Scally as our special guest to talk us through the show from the makers of The Genius. And it's very much uh, in the genius realm of television shows. So if you like The Genius, you'll love this. And if you haven't seen it, check it out. It was a good time. Check that out on Nothing But Netflix. Episode 99, y'all. Um, and so Ooh. we are coming up on episode 100 for me and Rob, and we do not know what to do. So if you have any thoughts about that, you can uh, tweet me and let me know at Chappelle's underscore show and follow me and keep up with all the things that I have coming up next. 
I mean, have you covered Physical 100 yet? Because we we have, but we have, but there's another one that's kind of like Living to 100, which oh, I think is probably more a uh, more uh, appropriate because I think all the people yeah. are hitting 100. I don't think Rob wants to talk about it, but that's that's a story for another time. Again, if you got some feedback at Chappelle's underscore show and let me know uh, what you're thinking that we should talk about on Nothing But Netflix. I mean, I stopped giving you suggestions because every time I suggested something, you'd be like, oh, yeah, we'll totally do that. And then you're like, Rob doesn't want to do it. And I'm I like, watched- did you even float this to Rob or you're just blowing me off? I watched My Little Pony. You told me to watch My Little Pony and Rob left me hanging the day of. I was like, I'm ready to talk about ponies. He's like, Chappelle, I can't. I was, what is wrong with you? I tried to get him to watch the Ladybug and Cat Noir because they just came out with a new movie. He's not down. The well, man the doesn't respect terrible, me. So that's okay. The man does not respect my opinions about these television shows and movies is what's really <laughs> happening here uh, because I follow through and watch all of the properties that you suggest. So I'm sorry that you had to watch the Ladybug and Cat Noir movie. The series is better. I've seen the series. Yeah. And uh, and I've also seen, uh, you know, My Little Pony now. So, yeah. Uh, give us whatever suggestion you have. I'll run him past the boss man and he'd probably shoot me down and pick something else. But yeah, nothing but Netflix. That's what we do over there. Fair enough. How many seasons of Suits are there, Chappelle? nine seasons okay so not really we're not really in criminal minds territory no and we were recording daily and so while while aj will be doing criminal minds for the next eight years of his life rob and i should be done with suits on uh january 1st 2024 oh you planned it all out you counted the days backward uh basically but we had already we decided on that and it just happened to land like that so we'll see if we are able to be as consistent as we would like to be with our daily releases recording every day is tough yeah i i I hear that. Uh, but the next time Rob complains about being tired, I'm just going to point to you bought a domain name for your Daily Suits podcast. And we have a Daily Suits podcast community to go with it, Jess. It's been a great time. <laughs> no wonder you're drinking so much Red Bull. Uh, so much, so much Red Bull. <laughs> AJ Mass, tell us a little bit more about the Criminal Minds. Uh, the Criminal Minds podcast is called Polonius Pundits. It is a first time watch for my. Uh, co-host Kintad Svensgaard. It is a many times watch for me, uh, for it is the go-to fall asleep to TV show that my wife and I put on because it's just background noise to us at this point. And it's just, you know, we, we don't have to pay attention to it. We know every episode by heart. Like we actually raced to, to, to guess the unsub fastest and see who's going to get in the 0.3 seconds versus the 0.7 seconds because we just know the show that well. Um, but yeah, it's a fun little podcast. Uh, we have a good time. And we're, we're, you know, we're almost a third of the way through. So <laughs> I might be 100 by the time we uh, finish. So, uh, yeah, if I survive that long. But, you know, it's always oh, a fun time. We, we enjoy doing it. So uh, we don't care if you listen or not. But if you listen, that would, it would be nice. <laughs> it's great stuff, AJ. Great stuff. And, of course, I am also over on Rob's podcast covering the amazing race with Rob Sestranino and Mike Bloom every week. We recap the episode and then Rob and I talk to the team that gets eliminated every week. And every week there's a team getting eliminated this this season, or at least we've been told that we'll see if they really mean it, but we're having a good time with that so far. And we're just happy that's back. So that's what's going on with me. Of course, anything that you want to be consuming media wise, we probably have a podcast to cover it somewhere. Be that on Rob's podcast for the unscripted stuff and post your recaps for the scripted stuff. But across our networks, we have a plethora of content. Just about anything you want to have covered in your ear, ear holes, we probably have it. So 
that brings us to the very, very end of our program. Um, next week, we'll be back again to talk about episode five. And hopefully, the whole panel will be here. It, hopefully, some conglomeration of us will be here to talk about all of that. Um, if we are not, you know, collapsing under the weight of our own other obligations. But we like to prioritize this. We love this very much. Uh, we love all you, the listeners. Um, thank you all for listening. Thanks to everybody behind the scenes. And see you next week. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.